Welcome to Newborn to Teen and Everything in Between, the podcast from Bespoke Family. I'm Bex. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us as we tackle the ups and downs of life with children, helping you to get the best out of your time together. No rules, no judgment, just guidance. So grab a cuppa and let's get started with today's episode. Hi everyone and welcome to our podcast and we are absolutely delighted to welcome Charlotte Sterling-Reed from SR Nutrition. Um, So hi Charlotte, lovely to have you with us. Hi guys, thank you so much, thanks for having me on, I'm very excited, I love a podcast. Oh good, yes we do too. (laughs) We're very excited to have you. Ah, oh, thank you. Honestly, thank you for inviting me and congratulations on doing the podcast. I think it's um, definitely, definitely a needed thing for parents is tapping into a lot of these subjects. So thank you. <laughs> well, and hopefully this will this this is going to be even more helpful, I think, with uh, all of the things we're going to pick your brains about. Oh, brilliant. Excited <laughs> to hear it. <laughs> so it's probably a good place to start is do you want to just tell us a bit about yourself and who you are and what you do for those that don't know? Yeah, sure. So my name's Charlotte Sterling-Reed and I am the baby and child nutritionist. So basically my aim in my career and the work that I do is to give parents confidence in feeding their children, whether they be babies and they're weaning or whether that be older children or whether that be toddlers. So, um, you know, I spend a lot of my time giving out advice to parents online. I have a website which is srnutrition.co.uk and that's basically where I write blogs, um, provide free fact sheets. I run lots of webinars. So just basically trying to help parents to kind of navigate the tricky stages of feeding children and helping to raise children who actually enjoy and love food, basically. So how did you kind of come into being a baby and child nutritionist? Where did that come from yeah so I um I actually started uh university I went to university and I did nutrition and human biology and I did nutrition because I had a real interest in it from my family you know they always loved cooking and my mum was obsessed with healthy food and um you know it was a bit different to, to how we see healthy today um but uh yeah she was really obsessed with it and my dad was a scientist and he was very much into biology and I was just fascinated by the two so I did that at university and then I decided to continue and do a master's in nutrition and public health and then I was incredibly lucky that I got a a, a job in the NHS and I worked alongside the nutrition and dietetics team as a uh, early years nutritionist and I there learned everything I kind of know today it was amazing it was the most fantastic team and we went out in the community we worked in a deprived borough in London and we supported parents with feeding their children whether that be the kind of breastfeeding element whether that be weaning whether that be fussy eating whether that be things like bottle use and teeth health and it was just the biggest eye-opener the biggest learning for me and I loved every single second of it and even though like since doing that I then went on to work with you know adults and I worked um you know in in old with older adults as well and I did other work I always came back to early years because I just love it I find it fascinating I learn every day and I think um it's a really important area to work in to try and support parents with this stage of, of yeah of life really yeah, it's huge. And I think from working with so many parents, food and eating is so emotive mm. for parents and people who, you know, people who work with children, that whole idea that children need to eat really well and they need yeah. to eat, 
you know, their meals. And if they don't eat, then that's going to affect this and it's going to affect that. And you can see people getting really quite upset about when their child doesn't eat or if their child, you know, there's just so many questions that go around food. And it's really interesting. I had a conversation yesterday and someone said to me, you know, should we still be encouraging clean plate? Because they just had a weekend with family and the older members of the family were all like, yeah. you must, you know, you don't get down to the table, you don't yeah, have dessert until, you until you've finished. Yeah. And they're like, but that's how they were and that's how we were brought yeah. up. And, and I think that still, it's not only because you're a parent and you have to feed your children and you want to do the very best. I think it's also yeah. all that stuff that goes before it, how we were raised, how our parents were raised. Mm. And it all knocks on, doesn't it? It's such a powerful thing. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. It's something I've been thinking about a lot recently is this kind of generational shift, you know, what my grandparents encouraged with my with my parents and then what my parents encouraged with me and what we're now encouraging our children. And I think there has been a massive shift in that. And I think we've learned a lot about psychology around food and but I mean, ultimately, what you're saying is so right. Um, parents have an innate need to get their children to eat. We know we need to eat for survival. We need to eat to be healthy. Children don't know that. But as parents, we know that. And so we have this absolute desire that our kind of number one goal is to get them fed. And sometimes that's, you know, we'll do that without regard to other things like how their relationship or whether we're pressuring them or whether we're forcing them and I think it just becomes a really really tough thing to navigate and when you know meal times are a battleground we have to eat three times a day and children probably even more than that so actually we spend a lot of our time trying to feed our children so if it's not going well it can have such an impact on our whole day and it is really um it's tough and again it's one of the reasons why I work in this field because I think if we can make that easier and we can make that more enjoyable for parents and children such a big impact on you know long life health really huge I think it's it is just such an important thing and I think children who grow up with a healthy association to food mm. regardless you know not necessarily about savory and sweet and all of those sorts of things, just a healthy you know and that they know when they're full and they know when they're yeah. you know when they don't like something that it's okay that they yeah. don't like something there's mm. all you know we all tend to not like certain things but I think it is it's it's I, I do think I, that parents now have got so much more, so many more resources they're available to them. I mean, mm. I'm still um, having an being an having older children now. I'm in awe of the amount of information that's out there. I mean, I know that you've written your your book, Charlotte. So, and honestly, if we I had had that book, if people don't know how to wean your baby, um, best selling author, Charlotte. <laughs> um, um, you know, if I had had a book like that, I would have just loved it because, I mean, my children were offered so many different foods when they were little, you know, and I did the whole sort of finger food and that kind of thing. Um, but as they got older, they went off lots of things. And I know mm -hmm. that you're obviously, you've written another book, How to Feed Your Toddler, again, another book that I would have loved to have had. <laughs> but, you know, now they're teenagers, they hardly eat any fruit or vegetables, mm. um, you know, and I, I do think to myself, was there stuff that I could have done yeah. early on and maybe your book will tell us and I'm sure you'll be able to tell me um if there's anything I could have done to avoid that kind of thing happening because I still go oh, are you not going to finish that 
I do yeah. and I can't help yeah. it. It's you know? so tough. Oh, it's so tough. And I really, really think that so much has changed. Like like you say, you know, from that cleaning your plate and that's what's done to that kind of, actually, no, I'm going to let you be in charge of your own appetite. I'm going to let you decide how much you're going to eat. It's almost going against nature and it's very new. There's a lot of new research about how to wean, how to feed, um, how to encourage that independence and autonomy around eating. Actually, we know now from research is really important but it is hard because it is going against our nature, you know, and, mm. and also not just our nature, you know, that innate need to feed, but also what we've been grown, what we've grown up with, you know, what we've had passed down to us in terms of, I remember sitting around a table and my mum had, my mum had got us some millet. So me and my brother were sitting there being told to eat some millet, which my mum's best friend now says, isn't that just bird food? I was just going to say, what is that? <laughs> it's a grain, but it's like, I mean, we, my brother and I were, I'm, I mean, five and eight. And, you know, my mum's like, no, no, you've got to at least eat half of it and like separating on the plate and sitting there. And my brother and I like putting it in our water and putting it under placemats and whatever. We <laughs> it's just so different. And now we know that it's just not ideal to do that. But I think... We also know that the early years do matter. So coming back to your point about could you have done something, first and foremost, the teen years are really challenging. They're almost like, let's just box those out and pretend that they're not happening. Because do you know what? What we do in the early years does matter. And it does influence long-term eating patterns. But children are going to go through those phases of independence, of refusal, of saying no, of not being bothered about eating. But most of the time, if they have those kind of healthy principles instilled, then as they come into adulthood and they start to go, actually, health matters, actually food matters, they'll probably be likely to come back to a lot of those principles that have been instilled. It's just that the teenagers, like I say, they're like a separate entity and you have to just go, let's just write these few, you know, few years off because it's really hard to control them and you can't force them. They're their own people at this stage and they are very much on a journey of independence. But what we feed children when they are very young does matter because it helps to build up... um, patterns of eating it helps to be food preferences it helps to set their foundations of what they expect and what's normal for them and you know the the key thing you can do is always allow them to come back to what do they do at home what's going on at home like what food's available what do you eat what do you enjoy because I promise you they'll come back to that eventually Mm -hmm. you know now you know some of the staples that I have at home and some that I included in how to win your baby are genuinely the ones that I grew up not wanting you know there's a red dragon pie in my book which is one of the most popular recipes in that book I grew up having that with family and I mean, I don't remember specifically that one. It wasn't quite as bad as millet, but I'm sure there were times when, as a child, I was like, oh, no, I don't want this. But whereas now, I absolutely love it. It's a staple in our household. What's in red dragon pie, then? So red dragon pie, it's basically like a shepherd's or cottage pie, but it's made with lentils, it's got carrots, it's got tomatoes. Uh, It's so good. It's such a good... I absolutely love it still to this day. And then it's got, like, a potato topping on it. And sometimes we do it with sliced potatoes and sometimes we do it with a mash on top. Um... But as I say, you know, absolute staple. And, you know, now we have a lot of um, roasted veg with feta, couscous and and rocket on top again as a family. And that's, again, a a recipe that we had as a child so often. And in my teen years, I wouldn't ever have thought about making them. But as soon as I got to that age where I was more independent and I was, you know, having my own home, it was that I just fell back on those recipes. And I think that's probably what a lot of other children will do too. And actually, we were all having lunch together um, 
because Bex and I were working together and the children were home and it was school holidays and we sat down and we were having like a buffet lunch Ooh. and um, Bex's son sat down and we both looked at each <laughs> other because he had got a side plate with, I think it was two pieces of mango and two strawberries. And we both looked at each other, said nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what's he got fruit for? <laughs> he just doesn't eat fruit. And, and we were both like, don't say a word, don't say a word. Just yeah, yeah. ignore it, work, move. And then later on, Bex was like, oh, did you eat that? And he's like, yeah, but the strawberry was a bit soft, blah, blah, blah. But it was like, oh, okay. And it was just like, move forward. In fact, how funny, we've actually yeah. not mentioned that to each other till now, actually. And it was really, really quite shocking. But I love but it. It's, it's about, like you say, having those things available and them watching you yeah. filling your plate with Completely. those kind of things. And yeah. not putting the pressure on, because we know, you know, there's so much research. So the more pressure you put on to eat things, the less willing they're going to be to eat it. So the more that you're saying, oh, eat your broccoli. I've just made that for you. Please just eat it. Look, it's really tasty. I really like it. Blah, blah, blah. The more you do that, the more they're gonna go nope 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 and dig their heels in whereas the more you ignore it and the more you go okay eat what you want eventually they will and I cannot tell you the number of parents who write to me and they say you know my child has not eaten broccoli for six months and today they picked it up and sniffed it and they're so happy you know and again mum's not making a reaction not commenting but they're just so happy that they've interacted with it and that's where it starts so it's just about that familiarity not taking them off the menu and that continuously role modeling yourself mm. And I think it's one of the things from kind of my perspective of when working with families is that food and you can't make a child eat. And no, so if the rest not. if the rest of their day is maybe feeling a little bit out of control because maybe there's not enough choices in the day or they don't know how their day is going to look, the one place they can gain control is over a mealtime. Mm. And that's where that kind of, no, I don't want it no I'm not going to do that and that's where that power struggle comes in of mm. no 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 you need to mm. and it's like no I've got control it's not necessarily yeah. about the food and they might want to eat it but actually the rest of their day feels so yeah. chaotic or and actually you know again how much time do we give when a child refuses something to the time that we yeah. give if they sat there and ate beautifully what you typically do is get up, move around, you go mm. do some jobs, because you're like, mm. perfect, they're eating. If they're not eating, you sit down with them. Yeah. And it's like, well, Intense. those messages, yeah. And mm. you're just watching. And then, and as soon as we kind of change it up and change the rest of the day outside of mealtime, sometimes we find that also mm. helps. So I think it, you know, food is, for a child, is an element of control because mm. actually it might not even be about the food from mm. our, you know, from that perspective. Absolutely. And one of the things I try and share loads on my page is the fact that appetites are up and down. You know, it's not a linear journey like we start food and boom, children are eating. Appetites go up and down all the time. And so many things affect kids' appetites. We know how fickle they are. We know how easy it is for them to go, boom, I'm having a tantrum. And you're going, what? You know, you were laughing a minute ago. And it's the same with the appetite. You know, their appetite's affected by their mood, by their temp temperature, like whether it's they're too hot, too cold, by how hungry they are, by how much they've slept, by how much they slept two days ago, you know, by distractions, if someone's just coming round, by milestones, if they're reaching new milestones, then they're going to go, no, 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 I, I don't want to sit here and eat, I want to crawl around the floor, I want to start walking, I want to get up and talk to everybody. So, so much affects them. And if you think about how much young children are going through in those first couple of years of life, there is so much to deal with. And, and when I was writing this latest book, How to Feed Your Toddler, 
I took all that into account, you know, we've got to think about the massive things. I mean, they're also growing at a totally such a fast rate. So they're growing, they're learning, their brain, everything they're seeing and hearing and listening to is new. And it's just, there's so much going on. So the fact that sometimes they sit down for a meal and they go, no, I don't want it. And we're going, oh, no, 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 but you do. No, 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 you do. You do want this. You know, we're all, there's so much going on in their heads. And I, I think, you know, we need to remember that appetites are variable and it's totally normal for that to happen. And the other thing is, I always say to parents, step back and go, hold on a minute. I sometimes don't want to eat that. Maybe like someone put, if you went to a restaurant and someone just went, right, here you go, here's a soup. And you'd go, oh, really didn't fancy soup today and you'd go no I don't want that and you could vocally say I don't want that but young children go yeah no don't want it push it away or you know no cry or you know all of those kind of food refusal things but there might be a reason for that maybe they just didn't fancy soup today and us forcing it or telling them no no no, you are going to eat it because I've made it for you is literally telling them don't bother listening to what you feel don't bother listening to what you want or your own tummy you need to listen to me. I'm in charge of your appetite. So I think it's it's just about that stepping back. And I'm not saying make them another meal. I'm saying if they don't want to eat it, they are in control of that. Let them be the decider of whether they eat something or not. But like you say, that's such good preparation for being an adult, isn't it? Mm. Like, because then yeah. you are actually in control of what you need to do and learning how to control those emotions and your appetite and things like... I mean, Claire is really good at that aren't mm. you if you if you get something and you don't want to eat it or you just say no I've had enough or mm. and whereas I'm like oh no I need to eat it all and it is about the way that you were brought up absolutely mm. definitely mm. was um mm. but writing the books must have been uh, I mean quite a challenge you know it's quite a lot of work to do mm. that how was it tell us about writing the books well the first so how to wean your baby was a bit easier and the reason it was a bit easy because I've been working with on the wean and 15 book prior to writing my book so oh my goodness I've got to ask you about that later as well oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well I've been working on that and I'd, I'd loved it I absolutely loved it but my everything my every single day was weaning so I was answering all questions on Joe's profile about weaning I really kind of soaked in like what a parent's wanting right now and so I was able to kind of hone that all into a really kind of detailed book and and it all just flowed because weaning is a bit of a um linear journey it's like do this do this do this this is how you prep this is what you do this is what you avoid um so it was a bit easier whereas how to feed your toddler has been a minefield because toddlers are all different toddlers are a challenging age they really are going through so much and um, and it's less about exploring and now more about like building relationships so how do we get kids to just go yeah I'm, I'm happy to eat that and and it's all about everything I've been talking about so far that relationship that lack of pressure those parenting skills and tactics that we can use that can instead of inhibiting children eating want them to eat so I actually went back to scratch on how to feed your toddler and I was literally like doing the research speaking to psychologists and writing pieces and getting them kind of analyzed by people so uh, it was a really really tough one um it really hard and like I said to you guys at the very start I wrote so much and it had to be stripped back a lot because it just wouldn't fit into a book basically um so it's this been hard it's been I think it is honestly the hardest thing I've done to date in my career just getting it right just making sure it's also helpful um and you know I know parents aren't 
often I don't I can't sit and read a book right now I've got two kids and I work and I'm I'm barely sleeping so you know I I I don't have time to read books quite often so I wanted to make it easy to to understand breakdown lots of graphics lots of you know really digestible pieces of information that parents can just go boom at a snap they can get it and make it work and that was hard too because I'm not terribly artistic or creative so I had to work with lots of people to help me with creating that that worked and made Mm. sense in terms of what I wanted to convey so I mean you know it was hard I'm not gonna lie (laughs) I'm exhausted when's that book out the toddler one so the toddler one's out 29th September 29th September so it's a a fair amount away but um it's all the processing that now has to go into like getting that book ready and on on the shelves basically but um absolute labor of love and I just really hope I've I've kind of got it got it at the right level it's so hard because everyone has very different feelings and opinions and um you know difficulties that they go through with their toddler but yeah I'm really hoping that I've kind of ticked things off for families and it will be a really helpful resource (laughs) what's your favorite recipe in that book have you got one Yes, loads. I mean, I love, I love the recipes. It's one of the best things I, I have. And I actually had help from a recipe developer with creating them to make sure that, you know, it was all, you know, I had all these ideas for recipes and I got them all on paper and then somebody else helped me to say like, well, okay, you know, what, how it would work together. And then I ended up tweaking them, testing them all out on my family. So I've got so many favourites, but... um. A couple of them. There's a nacho tray bake in there. It's actually a prawn nacho tray bake, but I do it with tofu because we. I don't eat prawns myself, so I, and I love that one. It's so easy. It's tray bake, so it's bish bash bosh, really easy, and it's an absolute winner. And it's so nutrient rich, so I love that one. There's also a um, veg pack. I can't remember exactly what title it is now, but it's a veg packed flapjack, and it doesn't sound great, but it's got like beetroot and courgette and and carrots and oats and cheese and it is oh my god I mean every adult that has ever had that is like yes and it's one of those like <laughs> really really Moorish such a good one and it's such a great way to get lots of veggies in um and there's also one of my favorites I have to say is these um black forest cherry cakes and they are brilliant and there's there's no added sugar in them other than the cherries uh, but they are beautiful they look they're such a like proper party piece and they are delicious so I love those as well <laughs> it sounds like they can be used for the whole family by the sounds oh, without a doubt without a doubt yeah I mean they're the staples that we're having right now I've been cooking them for the last year and they are still staples in our house right now because you know I've got them in my freezer I cook them every day every and do you know what I actually I think with how to wean your baby I was creating those recipes in lockdown when I was pregnant I had SPD and we I had you know I was doing so many taste tests of them just like I think I create cooked every single one of those recipes about three or four times um before the book actually came out so although I do tap into a lot of those I think where I did that and then it was like straight on to the next book but where these recipes I'm using them over and over and over again and they are yeah absolute winners in our house so yeah I'm loving them so much (laughs) if you were to have a dinner party what would you cook 
What would what would you have people and and I just want to know if you're going to ever do an adults cookbook because <laughs> it's just <laughs> love that. So I I would probably do my creamy lemon salmon tray bake because it has been the one of the most popular recipes. It's really great. Kids love it and adults love it. It's been one of my most popular recipes. It is in How to Win Your Baby, but I also have it on my blog, so it is free and people can can cook mm. that themselves. But that's gone down an absolute treat and it's very elegant. That's a very elegant and it tastes great and again i often do it with um tofu as well so i've done it with tofu it's really easy you can easily swap the um stuff in it for dairy free as well so it's quite versatile so i'd probably make that um i'd probably do i'm just trying to think pudding i always do a crumble because i feel like it's such an easy win Mm. and i've got a crumble recipe in my how to wean your baby book as well which again it's a rhubarb and banana crumble which is great as well really really Mm. great recipe um what would i do for starter um i we used to pre-kids we my husband and i always used to make this um halloumi and pomegranate seeds salsa that was so good it had pomegranate seeds um honey mint and you would basically drizzle drizzle that over grilled halloumi i don't really do it now because it's time consuming with the old pomegranate so i don't really do (laughs) pomegranates every time i see a recipe pomegranates like yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i tell you what it was so worth it It was really good and i I have probably haven't had that since having raffi but i used to love that so i'd probably do that starter creamy lemon tray bake and uh finish off with a easy crumble but i mean honestly i i in in my next book as well i've got this section which is on celebration foods and i blooming love that it's got like avocado ice cream and just just so many great things so i might you know probably whack out some of those as well (laughs) charlotte when are you like you just said about pre-children and now obviously Mm. having raffi and ada like do you think your kind of you changed from being the kind of nutritionist you were before having children and now being a parent and being a nutritionist has changed how you approach it and like that real kind of the fact you've got first-hand experience Mm. of them being your children and as a parent has it changed how you approach it yeah without a shadow of a doubt without any second thought definitely I think you know before when I especially when I was like doing a lot of work for the NHS now I look back and I think oh god you know there was so much stuff that we would say that was almost like black and white and it was like oh no this is what you must do this is what the guidelines say and I think since having my own kids I just massively realized that that's life isn't black and white life doesn't work like that so just because the guidelines say that this is what you should do that's not necessarily what's going to work for your family. And I think I've just really realised, first of all, the fact that the reality of parenting is that it is tough. And saying to someone, this is what the guidelines say, isn't helpful when you're juggling and you're struggling. And, you know, especially with having Ada, I mean, I, you know, Claire, you know full well how much I struggled with, with Ada, with everything. Um, and so telling parents, oh, you must do this, it's just not helpful. So I think that I've really reined in my you know, realisticness when I give advice, I always try and caveat with, but you know what, do what works for you because I totally get that now. And I think the other thing that I massively experienced was Rafi was just one child and Ada has been totally different with regards to food, with regards to sleep, with regards to temperament, everything, just totally different. So, you know, even after having Rafi, I probably was like, oh, well, you know, easily you could feed your child this or, you know, you you don't need snacks. Why would you need snacks? And then boom, Ada came along and it was like, aha, (laughs) hold on a minute. Ada does need snacks so just that 
fact that children are different and I know I say it all the time but it is so true so families have to do what works for them and sometimes you have to adapt and go well that doesn't work for baby one so I can't do that for baby one and baby two has it this way so we need to juggle we need to adapt we need to keep kind of moving so nothing is rigid nothing is black and white and I think I've never learned that more than having kids (laughs) yeah because lots of people say don't they with a second child oh they'll just fit in it'll be easy and yeah yeah, like you say it's not always like that is it yeah (laughs) absolutely barely left the house with Ada not gonna lie for like a year and a half (laughs) (laughs) and I think it's also that whole thing of oh no this worked for my mm. child and and you're like yeah but your child has this personality yeah. and your child and actually you know we've talked about Ada she, she's just yeah. a little you know pocket rocket isn't she Completely. she's just such a personality yeah. and so her own little person <laughs> that actually you had to look at her as a Completely. little individual and yeah. in her own little world and that's something that we always talk about is there's no one size fits all it's Mm-mm. you have to take the child and you have to look at their personality and their environment and all of those things mm. and then adapt the approach to them because yeah if you force them into something it's just completely and I think when I share a lot about Ada and sleep and you know things like that so many people would come to me and say oh well what try you know try this and I think oh you don't understand that I've done it you know Ada does not tick those boxes <laughs> so she mm-hmm. you know she, and it is about just working out your own child and I think a lot of what I talk about in the next book how to feed your toddler is about that it's it's there is no one size fits all you have to just and that's you know how we said about appetites and like telling children you must finish your plate and you know you must eat this amount but what about if that doesn't work for them you know so you you just have to go what does this child need and how does this child work and then figure things out and I'm sure exactly the same in your work I'm sure you're doing that all the time when you're working with parents because there is no one size fits all when it comes to toddlers well that's why we call ourselves bespoke family because yeah exactly that that was what that was the reason behind the name really yeah Um, I just wanted to finally, before we finish, unless there's anything else Claire wanted to ask, I just wanted to ask what your career highlight to date has been because we briefly touched on Joe Wicks and then we've got Jamie Oliver and it's like, (laughs) how many others? (laughs) I mean, there must be so many. Tell us about what's your favourite thing. Um, Oh, God, yeah, it's it's hard to put it down, really, isn't it? I think... um... I think when I started my journey with weaning Rafi, I think that was a big turn in my career because I was sharing his weaning journey and I realised, oh my God, parents have questions about this. And I think for me, that was when I was like, right, I'm going to use my platform, I'm going to use my career, my knowledge to share this and to make this more fun and enjoyable and easier for parents. And I think that was a big, big, big turn for me. So that was definitely one of the things I would say is like a massive career highlight because if I hadn't done that and been sharing that, I would not have done everything else I've done to date. Mm. Um, I definitely say working with Joe was probably the best thing I've ever done in my career. I I worked with him probably for about two years, to all in all, mm-hmm. and I honestly I loved it. Joe is the most wonderful person. I've met loads of celebs, and you know they're all lovely, but Joe is just something else. He's just different stock. He's just kind and thoughtful and generous and 
just everything you see, really. He, I just, I have nothing but absolute love and so much admiration and respect for him. And he's incredibly kind to me. Like he really supported me very much, which he didn't have to do. Um, and that was a big turning point in my career because obviously I got, you know, now everyone says, oh, Charlotte, who worked with Joe Wicks, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of where, where I've, you know, come from, I guess. Um, but then I'd also say Sunday Times bestseller. So my book, How to Win Your Baby, got a Sunday Times bestseller. And I still remember now finding that out and just being in almost like utterly gobsmacked and thinking that someone's got something really, really wrong. Like, that's <laughs> totally not right. And I, do, I remember being in the car and it was a really sunny day and finding out, looking, you know, being on my phone and just just not believing it. And I think that was a massive thing for Amazing. me. Amazing. never thought that would happen in a million years. So those are probably three... Three big things. I mean, there's lots of other little things, but those are three huge things that happened, I would say. <laughs> Funny enough, Claire, I think one of the first presents you ever bought me was a Jane, uh, Joe Wicks um, cookbook, wasn't it? Oh, was because it? We, were, we were both trying to get onto some healthy eating stuff and yeah, Claire bought one. So uh, we, get, we get that whole how brilliant he's been. Cause, he's uh, got so yeah. much passion for it. And he genuinely is, you know, same. And he, we often write to each other and, you know, he says to me, we have the same aim. We want to help mm. people. And that's genuinely what we want to do. And yes, we have careers that help us to do that. But that is both, both of us just want people to find things easy. And Joe, like you see his stories he he wants to motivate he wants to help people mm. get fitter and and feel better and um yeah he's just he is incredible honestly I, I I really learn a lot from him he was a bit of a mentor to me he kind of helped me with the whole journey of going into the big world wide of Instagram and business running and owning and yeah but I think we'd probably amazing. say the same about you you've supported us massively and honestly oh, we Good. we can't thank you enough for that because I know that you know it's it's quite hard, isn't it? Sometimes to kind of mm. you know have time for for lots of other people as well. But you really have for us. So oh, thank, thank you. you. Really well, cool. I just I love what you do, and Claire really supported me with Ada when I was possibly at the <laughs> toughest time of my life. So I will forever be indebted to you for all of that help because. Yeah, I was. You probably saw I was at like rock bottom a lot of the time, and you you really really helped me, def without a doubt. So yeah, I'm always indebted to you. <laughs> uh, well, it, the thing is, I always love a challenge, and she provided us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still is now. Can you have her around for a couple of days? Yeah. <laughs> I just no, love so. it though. I think she's just got such a character. Mm. They both have, but I think yeah. Ada just has. You can see in her eyes, she's just yeah. that whole. Come on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cause. See what, see what I think I can cope with it now because we're getting more sleep, and um, she's got that personality. She's got that communication. So whereas before, it was that unknown, and it was just you know lack of sleep, you know dealing with postpartum issues all over the place, and then you know a really unsettled baby who I could not settle, and now she's a stroppy little madam, and she'll give me the eyes like I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin this for you, but. I love it, you know, she's so funny and she's, yeah, the character in her is insane. I mean, 
<laughs> some of the photos so, you share on Instagram, I literally laugh out loud at her faces that she's pulling. I know, brilliant. I know. I'm going to share something in a bit, actually. I meant to share it yesterday where she's having an argument with Rafi and you can just see this determination <laughs> in her face. Like, I will win this, you know. It's just <laughs> the poor boy. I think he just doesn't know what what's happened to him. Though. He's so gorgeous, though. Oh, he's, so, he's, yeah. he's such a sweet and sensitive boy. And then yeah. he's got this sister who's like, I'm going to get you all. <laughs> One thing I would just probably finish on is what three tips would you give to parents or carers who are feeding babies and young children? What would kind of be the top three tips? Okay. Um, So I would say the first is probably try not to have huge expectations of how and what and why because I think that sometimes when we expect like with my mum expecting me and my brother to sit and eat millet I mean that's her expectation she thought we ought to eat it so she was trying to get us to um but you know try not to have those expectations of portion size or how it's going to go or how they're going to take to weaning or you know whether they're going to eat a meal or not eat a meal because they're independent and they're going to have their own autonomy and actually it's really important to listen to that and as I said earlier appetite ups and downs are reality so if there are days and weeks where things don't go to plan that's actually very very normal so try and rein in your expectations of what it should look like because sometimes that is not the reality of what your child needs Number two, try and make it fun. And I think people always get confused about what I mean around this. But what I mean is, if mealtimes are battlegrounds, if mealtimes are anxious times, if mealtimes are times when you're stressed and they're stressed and everyone's arguing, they're not going to want to be there. So how can we bring some enjoyment, some relaxation, some fun, some enjoyment to those mealtimes? You know, when I feed my kids in breakfast in the morning, I'll sit down with them. Sometimes we'll have some music on in the background. We have, you know, fun conversations. Like, you know, again, I'll share, you know, the, the arguments between Ada and Rafi. But they're, it's all kind of quite, quite light and enjoyable. And we sit and we talk and we chat and it's often quite fun. And that's only been recently because, you know, previously with Ada being, you know, quite difficult baby, it wasn't... Didn't go quite so smoothly but how can you make your children want to be there and that will have a knock-on effect to how they feel about food and the third thing I would say is you know do not forget the importance of you role modeling what you want to see if you're trying to get them to eat that's not going to work but if you're trying to show them so again in my latest book what I talk about a lot is show not tell so you know not do as I say do as I do and they will that's what they will come back to so when they go through those periods of food refusal when they stop eating when they you know mealtimes do become a battleground if we are showing oh I like this food oh this mealtime's enjoyable or you know we're chatting and having fun at mealtime and oh I love this balance and balance is important and variety is important if we show rather than tell then they're more likely to come back to that and pick up on that themselves so yeah that's what I would say amazing fabulous thank you so much no worries Um, thank you where can people find more information on you and find out how to access all of this amazing resource that you put out there 
So I'm on Instagram as at SR underscore nutrition. I'm on Facebook and Pinterest and all of those others as well, Twitter as well. But but Instagram is the one that I use the most at the moment. Um, but also my website, um, you know, sometimes people use my Instagram but don't realise that I have so much resource on my website. So www.srnutrition.co.uk. Um, that's where you can go and you can find out everything else. So I have webinars, I have fact sheets, I have blogs, I have recipes, I I have um, information on my books. I'm so much on there. So check that out if in doubt. And um, yeah, I've got obviously my book, How to Wean Your Baby. And now my next book, which is going to be out in September, How to Feed Your Toddler. <laughs> wow. How exciting. So much, so much. Yeah, Lots so going on. Oh, well, thank you so much for taking the time out to have a chat with us today. It's been amazing. And um... oh, anytime. Thank you for having me on. I've really loved it. everything for today thanks for listening if there's something you'd like us to talk about we'd love you to get in touch and let us know find us on facebook and instagram at bespoke family or head to our website the links are in our show notes make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode and please give us a rating or review if you like what you hear we're bex and claire and we'll be back soon with another episode of newborn to team and everything in between see you then